Grey's Anatomy, the most iconic binge-worthy drama, is back, along with answers to the biggest cliffhangers. Will Teddy survive? Will Joe and Link finally find happiness together? Meredith returns along with fan faves like Arizona. You can now stream every episode of Grey's ever on Hulu and new episodes next day. Watch the season premiere of Grey's Anatomy tonight at 9, 8 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people. And you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. It's time for the Newsmax Daily from Newsmax, America's fastest growing cable news channel. Now, now, here's your host, Rob Carson. Uh, we've got a loaded show today. I want to get into the uh, the budget battle, the uh, the massive a uh, spending plan that is going to bankrupt your children. It's going to drive up prices, and uh, and it's going to make life in America much more difficult than it otherwise would be without Donald Trump as the president of the United States. So that is all coming up on the show. Also, uh, a little bit later on, going to get into this, some of the testimony on Capitol Hill with regard to General Milley and uh, our Secretary of Defense and uh, the big lie that uh, is uh, the cover-up of Afghanistan and also want to get into uh, January the 6th. There's some more coming out about January the 6th. Basically, we are being governed by lying people who lie. That's, that's what we're being, uh, we're being governed by, lying people who lie. You can't trust a thing they have to say, and most of the time you're being played. And every time that a new narrative shows up, uh, that you want to question, uh, maybe you want to question this spending bill, then what you have to say will be called disinformation, misinformation. One of those things, and you'll be shut down on big social media, the mainstream media, and the government. So all of that, plus some uh, vaccination mandate stuff. We'll get to that. Are you going to Are you gonna uh, get the jab, whatever they call it? Uh, you're going to get the uh, COVID vaccine. Why are you not getting the COVID vaccine? Everybody says it's perfectly fine. <laughs> Joe Biden went to the congressional baseball game last night. I didn't watch the congressional baseball game last night, but apparently the Republicans won for the first time in a few years. They won 13 to 12, I guess. There was a, a couple of home runs, two inside the ballpark home runs, one outside the ballpark home runs. But the story of the game is that uh, Joe Biden decided to show up and he was not well received by the crowd. this be in Washington, D.C., uh, in a crowd of, I guess, friendlies. You could uh, expect there are some friendlies in the stands, but this is the reaction. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then, of course, the baseball announcer revealed who really is the president. There's President Obama with a baseball cap on. I'm sorry, what? Go ahead and say that again. There's President Obama with a baseball cap on. <laughs> can't really read what the cap says. Yeah, the cap says, uh, you know, uh, I'm going to destroy America with every ounce of my being. I think that's what it said, actually. Oh, by the way, I want to mention something. Did you realize that uh, U.S. Uh, weekly jobless claims unexpectedly rise? You know, when the unemployment numbers rise there, it's always unexpectedly when it's Democrat in office. 
it's always uh, unexpectedly, really. Really, do you really expect that, that things are going to rise when you look at the price of gas has gone up by 35% since Joe Biden took office? And I don't know, have you tried to buy steak lately? Um, and so is it, is it a big surprise also that a, a government that would keep people out of work for so long and then pay them not to work for so long that people aren't seeking jobs right now, even though the federal benefits have ended? Weekly jobless claims increased 16000 to 351000 I have the Rob Carson solution for a 100 100% increase in your business. Are you ready for this? You're all going, oh man, I got to hear this. I got to hear this. Yeah, here it is. You ready? Sunday, your business is closed. And so you don't have any business. And Monday, you open your doors. And at 8 o'clock, your first customer walks in. That's a 100% increase in business. That's what should have happened when the country came back from COVID. But unfortunately, all of the negatives associated, all the fear-mongering associated with the COVID... Uh, that is a big lie, and I'll explain uh, a little bit more about that very soon, because you've got to stay afraid. You've got to wear a mask, even if you are uh, double vaccinated and going to appear on The View. Uh, somehow you have to wear a mask. Somehow you have to wear a mask and you have to maintain social distancing, unless you're Joe Biden and you show up at a baseball game with a large crowd. You don't have to wear a mask and you can hug people and glad hand them in the whole deal. But if you're going to be on The View, where people are you know, a tiny group of people, the crowd separated by a good 30, 40 feet, probably camera operators and whatnot. All you're going to be sitting next to are the uh, the hosts of The View who have all been tested, tested, tested and vaccinated, vaccinated, vaccinated. Somehow that's an issue. But if you go to a football game and flip a coin like uh, Kamala Harris did a couple of weeks ago and they had to pipe in crowd noise because the, the stands were 85 percent empty, uh, you know, it's it's just amazing. It is just amazing. And is it any surprise that people aren't going back to work with all these idiotic COVID restrictions? And guess what? Unemployment's going to go up again. You know why? Because people are firing people if they don't get the vaccine. They are being told they have to fire people unless they're vaccinated or be fined up to $70,000 per person who doesn't get vaccinated in a company of 100 employees or more. You think that's going to do well? Do you think that's going to do well for the economy? I'm thinking not so much. Business activity has slowed in September. Unadjusted claims in California jumped 24,221, while Virginia reported a rise of 12,879. There were also notable increases in Oregon, Ohio, and Kentucky. Claims in Louisiana fell, blah, 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 blah. Here's a report, I believe this is uh, on Brett Baer's show, about the economy, um, Republican states versus Democrat states, and what the fear-mongering and the covid is doing to the economy. New data on the nation's unemployment rate will be issued next week, but already we see a trend emerging from the unemployment data issued for August. States with the lowest rates of unemployment are run by Republican governors. Huh. Huh. Nebraska and Utah doing the best. Meanwhile, states with the highest unemployment <laughs> rates, nine out of 10 of them, are run by Democratic governors. That is a really big surprise that states like New York and California and Pennsylvania would be, and Illinois would be, uh, no, not really. Nevada, California, New York top the list. These states impose some of the lengthiest and harshest shutdown measures. And those shutdown measures could be widening the unemployment gap. Republican-controlled states are le you think? leading the recovery, adding jobs lost <laughs> 
during the pandemic back at the fastest rates. Utah and Idaho even surpassing their pre-pandemic employment numbers. Isn't that amazing what happens when uh, people are allowed to be free and make their own choices? Isn't that just isn't that just remarkable? But blue states lag behind. Hawaii and New York rounding out the states being the slowest to return jobs that were lost due to COVID. Yeah, unbelievable. And, and you know, you can expose all the truth in the world, and there's still people who think that uh, the way Joe Biden governs is going to be good for the country and massively increasing spending uh, on infrastructure, which is, I mean, just a, a giant lie about there's, there's not infrastructure, it's social engineering. And what's really amazing is that, and I have said this before about Joe Biden and the Democrats, they have nothing in their playbook but the New Deal. They have nothing in their quiver but President Roosevelt and his, uh, you know, great society, the New Deal, I should say. Great society is later. Um, but the New Deal, what it was, is basically a giant uh, government uh, work program. It was uh, it created work. It didn't create uh, jobs, meaning that uh, jobs that would be permanent. It just created work. You know, you dig a hole, you fill it in. You dig a hole, you fill it in. You paid for it. Congratulations. That is a government program. It did some good things. We got the Hoover Dam out of it, I think. And it prolonged the depression uh, because always the private sector does better. Always the private sector does better when it is given freedom. We saw that during the Trump administration. We saw that with the highest number of uh, percentage of women in the workforce, lowest black unemployment, lowest Hispanic unemployment. And, uh, and then 2020 came around because 2020 was 2020. And now they're going to do this to us. They told us we couldn't go to work. Nancy Pelosi held uh, aid back from businesses and individuals who had been put out of work uh, until the election. It was purely political. And then you got a check or two. And I think maybe some of us got $1,500 checks for uh, being unemployed or $600 checks for being unemployed for 10 months. Wow. Nice, nice, nice. Things have gotten so bad in our country. Listen to this. <laughs> the dollar store or Dollar Tree is going to have to raise their price from a dollar. <laughs> This is this is fantastic, and I I go to uh, I go to Dollar Tree occasionally, and there's another store. It's like Dollar Store, but it has stuff in it that costs more than a dollar for some reason. And then there's Five Below, which is a store that you know you you go and it's five dollars or less. Well, it looks like maybe Dollar Tree is going to have to be two below or three below because uh, they have expanded nationwide, and the cost of clothes, cars, food, and just about everything has soared this year. Food, gas, I could go on and on and on. Well, now it's getting down to the, uh, you know, the dollar items that you get at uh, at dollar store, which means uh, you're going to be paying a buck thirty five for that uh, can of uh, cheeseburger flavored Pringles that you you buy at uh, Dollar Tree. I don't want to get into everything about what is in the trillion dollar reconciliation package because it can get, uh, you know, lost in minutia. Here is uh, Chuck Schumer yesterday saying there would be no government shutdown. On the CR, the continuing resolution to prevent a government shutdown, and we should be voting on that tomorrow morning. So I'm going to make that in order now. Mr. President, as if in legislative session and notwithstanding Rule 22, I ask unanimous consent that upon the conclusion of morning business on Thursday, September 30th, the Senate proceed to the consideration of calendar 137, H.R. 5305. Yeah, blah, 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 whatever. I just, I love that they like to act so benevolent when they're just spending our money after we've been tortured, tortured, tortured for months by government policy that caused businesses to shut down. Their solution is to massively jack up their spending. 
And this happens every year. You know, you and I have to cut our budgets when the economy goes south, when uh, Barack Obama took over the White House and and there was minimal growth for eight years. Uh, We had to cut our spending, but the government never stopped. And when was the last time government stopped spending? And now to take it to a new level, they're going to bankrupt us. And it's not popular with people. The new poll says that uh, the reconciliation package is deeply unpopular in house swing districts across the nation. Poll sampled 400 residents in three house districts where embattled Representative uh, Cindy uh, Axney of Iowa, Democrat Tom Walinowski, a Democrat of New Jersey, and uh, Elaine Luria, a Democrat in Virginia, are incumbents. Okay? Uh, the Democrats are saying that the uh, bill would strengthen the social safety net, invest in climate policy, whatever, expand Medicare, child care, and paid leave, uh, create universal pre-K, and make incentives for green energy adoption, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. In Iowa, 51% oppose the package, okay? In uh, the Virginia district, 52% of those oppose it. Iowa, 43% oppose it strongly. New Jersey, 42% strongly. And Virginia, 46% strongly. Here's what the swing states oppose. Increasing taxes on a majority of small businesses in the country. Oh, did you know there's $200 million for a park in Nancy uh, Pelosi's district? Did you know that? Yeah, you're making $43,000 a year, barely scraping by, and she's going to do $200 million park so heroin addicts can go in there and take a, you know... $4 billion in tax credits to public universities like Harvard and Yale who have gigantic endowments. Tax breaks for the purchase of electric vehicles, $13 billion for electric vehicles nobody wants to buy. But uh, Obama's paying off the unions. Unbelievable. I won't spend a lot more time on this. I do want to get to the view uh, taking to task Kristen Cinema and Joe Manchin, the two Democrats who are saying no to the uh, the uh, $3.5 trillion reconciliation bill because it'll bankrupt the country. I did want to mention this is just unbelievable. This is snake oil salesman at, at its best. Snake oil at its best. It'll cure this. It'll cure that. It'll cure this. It'll cure that. Here is uh, Jennifer Granholm talking about all the glorious uh, human infrastructure stuff that's in this bill. And uh, by the way, uh, that's nonsense. Making housing more affordable. Why isn't that a piece of the infrastructure of our lives? How about you get a job and uh, find a house you can afford? Then that's affordable. Making elder care more affordable. Why isn't that a piece of the infrastructure of our lives? Making uh, two years community college uh, uh, tuition free so that we can... Why? Why? Why community college, other than to keep your kid in a government school for another couple of years, uh, whatever happened to, I don't know, getting a job, getting out of your parents' basement, and paying for your own damned education? And make sure that we have the workforce that we need to compete. Oh, and it's not infrastructure. The American people don't want it. The American people don't want it. So they're going to attempt to force FIDAs to it, and it will never live up to its promises. Today's scheduled U.S. House vote on a $1 trillion bill supposedly aimed at infrastructure, but in reality, just another wild spending spree by President Biden and House Democrats. It still doesn't have enough solid support to pass. The bill may be pulled at the last minute if votes are short. For the third week in a row, Americans applying for new unemployment benefits. It's on the rise, up another 11,000. This is the Lou Dobbs Financial Report. 
the testimony yesterday of General Milley and his lies being exposed. Uh, I've done a lot of uh, viewing of that. He also, apparently, when uh, Bob Woodward was talking to him, went after my uh, organization, Newsmax. I do a television show on Newsmax called Rob Carson's What in the World? And it runs weekends and uh, and Mondays and Tuesdays, and it's Donald Trump's favorite uh, show. I just throw that out there, a little name drop action. You know, when a former president who is ungodly popular and probably won the 2020 election, uh, when he says he digs your show, that's kind of a big deal. Kind of a big deal. Um, but he uh, apparently feels like um, uh, Newsmax and Epic Times are terrorist organizations. We are apparently terrorist organizations, according to General Milley. Now, General Milley devoted a lot of time to an interview with uh, Bob Woodward. Uh, Bob Woodward is a known left-leaning, I wouldn't call him a journalist, but he's clearly a leftist. And um, apparently, according to much of the testimony yesterday, and the revelations in Bob Woodward's book, in interviews with General Milley, uh, they've all been false. And I'm just kind of wondering why General Milley is not suing him. Uh, why General Milley is saying, I did not say that. I did not say that. He is embellishing. His, he's never denied a thing. You need to listen to his testimony. He's never denied a thing. <laughs> And now, for the Institute on the Constitution, here's Michael Anthony Peruca with The American View. Only days after presiding over the worst military disaster in American history, Joe Biden told us that his patience is running thin with those who have not agreed to be lab rats in the most massive human experiment in the history of mankind. Chastising those who have not yet taken the jab, he asked, what more do you need to see? Well, in just seven months, Biden has decimated the American economy, destroyed the livelihoods of millions of Americans, opened our borders to our enemies, allowed the massacre of at least 13 American soldiers, left Americans in Afghanistan to be tortured and murdered, and now his patience is running thin? Well, please allow me to test your patience just a little further. Did you know that Biden's vaccination mandates for every American don't actually apply to every American? For example, members of Congress are exempt. White House officials are exempt. Likewise, the judiciary. So these people who make the laws, execute the laws, and make judicial rulings about the laws don't actually have to follow the laws. They're exempt. And so are members of their staffs. It gets better. Those folks who work for the vaccine makers, Pfizer and Moderna and Johnson, they're exempt too. Oh, and so is everybody at the CDC and the FDA and the WHO. More interesting still. Oh, and although American soldiers and sailors are required to take the shot, all those thousands and thousands of Afghan refugees are also exempt. Do you get it yet? Well, as Joe said, what else do you need to see? This is Michael Anthony Peruca for Institute on the Constitution, bringing you the American view. The Biden administration, they are going to uh, try to push through this uh, this trillion, tr- multi-trillion dollar package. And the one thing that I can guarantee is if you don't live in a utopia by now, after all of the government spending packages of the last five decades, if you are not already in a utopia where everything is free and your health care is paid for and your child care is paid for and your community college is paid for if you are already are not there then what the hell is this spending bill gonna mean when they ram it through because i guarantee you nothing will get better because nothing ever gets fixed nothing ever gets fixed when democrats are in charge and frequently when Republicans are in charge. Joe Biden has been, is a metaphor for the worthlessness 
of uh, the Democrat Party by and large, and to some degree, uh, the abject failings of the federal government. All of the problems that exist today with regard to infrastructure, not enough child care, da, 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 they were all that way in 1972 or whatever when he got into office. The border was broken until Donald Trump came around. Now the border's broken again. We're $30 trillion in debt, and you think this bill is going to fix everything. Well, if you think this bill is going to fix everything, uh, you must live in a place where marijuana is legal because uh, you're high. <laughs> you, you are high. If you are a Democrat and you are looking at this massive spending bill with all of the goodies inside of it, if you are looking at it as some sort of way to save the country and make life better and make things cheaper and uh, line your pocket with higher wages and all, you're out of your mind. No big government program has ever followed through on its promises by and large, and this won't either. They're going to apparently uh, put together a last-minute deal to avoid a shutdown of the federal government uh, tonight at midnight. And, and it's amazing. The shutdown is not that big a deal uh, right now in 2021, but it was when uh, Barack Obama was in office. I want you to hear the difference when, when Republicans were in charge and there was the possibility of a shutdown versus now. I'm going to play this one more time, probably the last time I'm able to play it, uh, something I would wrote for Rush Limbaugh that shows uh, the difference between then and now. Now, if Congress allows this meat cleaver approach to take place, it will jeopardize our military readiness. Border patrol agents will see their hours reduced. FBI agents will be furloughed. Federal prosecutors will have to let criminals go. Oh, my God. Thousands of teachers and educators will be laid off. This is the end. I'm not here to scare people. I'm, I'm here to inform. Obama says if we... I don't think we can maintain the same security. Democrats, they will not bend. These cuts are not smart. (laughs) Budget cuts, they are sinful. This is the end. They will add hundreds of thousands of Americans to the unemployment roll. (laughs) Kids will die if we don't spend. They are not fair. They will hurt our economy. China knows we owe There you go. But I do want to get into the testimony yesterday by General Mark Milley. One thing that we've learned the last couple of days is that despite the fact that we have experienced the most humiliating defeat, avoidable defeat in the history of our military, where 70% of us, uh, us across party lines believe that it was a humiliating defeat that was unnecessary. And it was an insult to those who fought and died. It was an insult to those who will be injured forever, both physically and mentally with regard to Afghanistan. And we are humiliated by it. But the one thing we learned from these arrogant tools in front of Congress this week is that nobody is accepting responsibility for what everybody believes. Everybody believes was a giant, colossal failure. That ultimately ended up in having to send troops back into Afghanistan, into a city airport, rather than an Air Force base that that was open, that was uh, working just fine. And uh, a car bomber came into the uh, to the airport area and killed 13 of our troops. But nobody's responsible. And Mark Milley says that he is not political. Here are several reasons why Mark Milley is a political tool, and it should be 
very obvious, and I will get to some of the testimony where he actually is exposed for his politics. One, he wants to understand white rage. The military is teaching CRT, and he tacitly endorses it. Okay? Those are left-leaning, Democrat-supported ideals. If you support understanding white rage as a white person, you are filled somehow with white guilt, and you are uh, left of center. I don't feel any guilt for being white. Uh, if, you, if you could have lived my childhood and survived without any scars, you'd be, uh, you'd be remarkable. But I, I suffered through a lot of things, including uh, growing up fairly poor. And so I don't feel any uh, white rage more than, well, I do experience white rage. I, look, I'll just be honest. The other night, I get up to go to the bathroom, and uh, my dog is in the way. I trip over the dog and, and stub my toe on the, uh, what was the banister, and it really hurt, and I had white rage. Oh, man, it was, I mean, it was white rage, and I did everything to not express it in, uh, in the form of uh, profanity, humanly possible in the middle of the night, and I was able to quell my white rage, but it was there for a little while. It was very definitely uh, white rage. And another thing that makes him a political tool is that he spoke on the record to Bob Woodward, who everybody knows is a career leftist. He spoke on the record with uh, Bob Woodward. Donald Trump said, nah, nah, don't think so. Don't think so. Here is uh, uh, Representative Banks talking to uh, thoroughly modern Millie. I'll just call him Millie Vanilla. That's what I like to call him. About how the military shouldn't be uh, political, but, uh, and he's not. Thank you. General Millie, why is it important for the military to be non-political? I think an apolitical military is critical to the health of this republic. Okay, um, yeah. Well, you are a political tool. Uh, he also says that he believes in a free press, apparently. That's a part of, uh, you know, being uh, apolitical. That's one of the reasons why he spoke to Bob Woodward, and he never speaks to uh, conservative-leaning outlets. Uh, General, why, why did you spend, you've already established yesterday and today, you spent a significant amount of time talking to book, political book authors and political reporters, including Bob Woodward. What compelled you to do that? I believe that Part of my job is to communicate to the media what we do. By the way, he says he hasn't seen Bob Woodward's book. Let me just tell you, this guy, uh, he, he, he probably went to an area, Barnes & Noble, or sent somebody, uh, and he was giddy as a little girl uh, getting the book. So tell me that you don't have the book, you haven't read the book, sir, really. As a government, what we do as a military to explain to the people. And so I do interviews regularly with print media, books. Uh, documentaries, videos on TV, uh, TV interviews. It's, I think it's part of a senior official's job to be transparent, and I believe in a free press. That is really odd, because I haven't seen him on Newsmax. That's where I work. I work on Newsmax. And, uh, yeah, Bob Milley hasn't, or Mark Milley has not been on any of those. Representative Jim Banks, or I should say Republican Jim Banks, uh, spoke to uh, uh, Milley about the Bob Woodward book. And, by the way, by uh, agreeing to sit down with Bob Woodward extensively, it makes you, uh, I guess, what's the word I'm looking for? Oh, yeah, political. I don't know how you could read it and not be greatly embarrassed about his contents, especially in what, how it's related to you. Are you embarrassed by the book? I haven't read the book yet. Uh, sure. Okay, sure. Um, Are you embarrassed by the portrayals of the book? I haven't read it. I got the book on tape. I've listened to it about a dozen times, though. No doubt you're aware of them. Embarrassed? No. I'm concerned that there's uh, mischaracterizations of me becoming very politicized as an individual and that it's my willingness to become politicized. Which is then you have to tell 
us what Bob Woodward said in the book that differed from the information that you gave him. And you've not done that. You've not expressed outrage in any way, shape, or form. Not true. I am trying to stay apolitical. Please. And I believe I am. No, you're That's part of my professional ethic, and I'm trying to keep the military... The actual military out of actual domestic politics. I think that's you, critical. Do you regret then why? speaking with Bob Woodward? No, I think that it's important for me to speak to the media. So, um, but but you promote uh, white rage. Uh, you promote uh, trying to understand white rage. You believe that the January 6th uh, uh, event at the Capitol was an insurrection, and you're still denying being political. Here is Jim Banks uh, asking him about Nancy Pelosi, his conversation, uh, which essentially took Donald Trump out of the loop out of the chain of command with regard to nukes. I want to talk about some of the contents of the book. Since you haven't read it, maybe okay. I can read some of it to you. We've already heard a little bit about the back and forth with you and Speaker Pelosi. But in that conversation, um, you said in a phone call with Speaker Pelosi, um, she, she said, quote, Republicans are enablers of President Trump's behavior. You know he's crazy. He's been crazy for a long time. You replied, I agree with you on everything. That was repeated three times in the prologue of the book Pero that you, you told Speaker Pelosi you agree with her on everything. This is right before he, uh, he called his uh, uh, Chinese counterpart, uh, General Lee, oddly enough, General Lee, to say that, uh, hey, I know you, uh, Donald Trump is kind of crazy, and I just wanted to tell you that if there's a, an attack of any way, shape, or form, we'll let you know ahead of time. Is that an accurate portrayal of your recounting to Bob Woodward about those conversations? Not exactly, no. I think that, so in fact, Bob, I know Bob what Woodward I said. pretty darn close, though. Wrong. In Is fact, portrayal wrong. In fact, I know what I said, which was, Madam Speaker, I am not qualified to determine the mental health or assess the mental health. <laughs> sure, sure, buddy. Of did this president or any the speaker president. that you agreed with? So she, she did say to him, oh, he's crazy. You know, he's crazy. They're on everything. And what I was referring to when I said that was I agree that we need to have the processes and procedures uh, in place to make sure that we don't have an accidental or illegal or unauthorized use of nuclear weapons. Okay, so he essentially is agreeing with Nancy Pelosi by saying that. Does that make sense? He, he essentially is agreeing with Nancy Pelosi by saying we need to analyze anything. He could say, you know what? I think he's perfectly fine, and you are, I, I don't believe you are, uh, I think you're out of order by speaking to me about this. But what happened rather than, than that happening, he went ahead and he went outside of the chain of command to contact somebody without telling the president of the United States, the man who was in charge of the country. He went behind the president's back with regard to a call uh, about perceived, I guess, intelligence that were saying to the Chinese that uh, we were planning an unprovoked attack on China. Now, if he had access to that intelligence, why didn't he share it with anybody else? All right, so coming up on the Newsmax Daily with Rob Carson, going to talk to Matthew Cox. He is, uh, well, he speaks for a home title lock, and he was actually once on the run from the FBI for uh, <laughs> defrauding people, essentially. Turned his life around and will give you some valuable lessons about why you need to be concerned about your home being taken from you by criminals if you have some equity in it. So that is coming up in a few minutes. I think you're going to like this. Stick around. Do you have equity in your home? Chances are you do. I mean, listen, I've gotten into the housing market in great ways and in terrible ways. 
I bought a house in Washington, D.C. I paid way more than asking in 2004. And I got hosed. <laughs> I got hosed. But if you have equity in your home, and if you maybe you bought a house a year or two ago, or 10 years, or 15, or 20 years ago, and you've got equity, you better be careful because there are people, cyber thieves, who search hundreds of public databases for high equity homes and they see your home and they pull your home online and they forge your signature and they take out a loan on your house without you knowing and you're screwed. You're not covered by insurance. That's why Home Title Lock is here. And it really is amazing. I, I've got a, a Home Title Lock account myself for my little house in, in uh, the Midwest. If you would like to, just go to HomeTitleLock.com and use the promo code RADIO. You get 30 days of free protection. Your house is your, your biggest investment. HomeTitleLock.com. Use the promo code RADIO. Will ya? Hello? Yo, yo, yo. Rob Carson calling. How are you? Hey, I'm good. I want to talk about how you're involved with Home Title Lock, but I'm fascinated by your story because I don't know how you live like that. When you're being chased by the FBI and then federal authorities, you're traveling all the world for a decade, uh, sleeping one, with one eye open, I guess. I mean, how do you, how do you live that life and how did, they, how did that life uh, ultimately come to an end? I know you, were, you had been uh, convicted and sentenced, right? Yeah, I, I was already on super, or probation when the FBI rate was coming to raid my office, and I had a sheriff's deputy that tipped me off, and then I, I took off. So I had already done about $11.5 million in fraud, and then I took off on the run. I was on the run for three years. But, wow. I mean, you know, I know that the, the appropriate thing for me to say is that while I was on the run, I was, you know, riddled with anxiety, and <laughs> it was horrible, and, you know, but it, it just wasn't, and yeah. I had— I had a couple dozen passports. I've had 27 driver's licenses wow. and issued from seven different states. I mean, I got traffic tickets in other people's name. I actually went to traffic school in one guy's uh, because I, one guy's name because I was going to lose his license. I got so many tickets in his name. Wow. And now you are basically teaching people how uh, it's done. I mean, and that's why you're working with Home Title Lock. And I'd been hearing about the Home Title Lock for a while. I never realized how easy it would be to uh, tap into somebody's equity. Oh, it's 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 extremely easy. Like it's better. It's a better fraud than uh, credit card fraud because, wow. you know, your credit on your credit card, you're notified. Most people or you'll you'll be notified if someone uses your credit card like you can you can get a service for that. And so people do. And most people just don't have any idea that they're vulnerable, that they're that their home is vulnerable. Yeah. And so it so as a result of that, it's great because I can get a hold of your your title, sell the house, put the money in the bank, move the money or remove all the money. And it's months later when the homeowner realizes they don't even own their house anymore or I've taken out three or four mortgages on your house. Wow. Unbelievable. So what happens when the person does find out when the when the mortgage company calls them? What what happens then? Their recourse is really they can contact the authorities, but the local police just almost never pursue it because, yeah. one, they don't understand the crime. And sure. what they typically do is they, they'll say, well, this is a civil matter. Wow. Or if it's, even if the feds come in and they say, hey, this is like in my case, they say, hey, this is a guy. We know who it is. This is what he's doing. The fact of the matter is you have to go out and hire an attorney. So the homeowner who's the victim has to hire an attorney to then try and – figure out how to unravel the situation that they're now in, where basically multiple 
multiple banks are trying to foreclose on their home and they're trying to fight off foreclosure for a home for money that they never borrowed. <laughs> wow. And or maybe I sold the house and they're trying to now explain to the new homeowner, no, no, we own this house. And he's <laughs> saying, no, I bought this house from someone. So once again, they have to go spend $10,000 on an attorney to try and fix all of this. And that's assuming it can be fixed. People yeah. lose their houses because of this crime all the time because people just don't understand it. And, uh, and who has ten dollars or $15,000 to pay an attorney? Yeah. And on top of that, you have to continue to pay your mortgage. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Also, I might mention, I would assume it would be a little bit more lucrative than credit card fraud because the limits are much higher. I mean, a lot of times with credit card fraud, okay, I'm going I'm to get your visa, but you've only got a you know a $2,000 limit on it. With a mortgage, it's like, oh, man, $300,000 limit, baby. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Wow. That's exactly what it is. And you're right, because let's say someone steals your credit card. What are they going to get? What's the cash advance on your credit card? Hey, much on mine. <laughs> so how did you get involved with Home Title Lock? I started hearing about it a few years ago on talk radio. And now I have an account, and I think it's wonderful. I think it's wonderful. How did you get involved, and, and what does Home Title Lock do to stop people like you used to be? So you know what's funny? I was in prison the first time I saw a Home Title Lock commercial. Wow. And I, I noticed that they... They had a lawyer talking. They had someone title company. They had several victims. Yeah. But because it's so difficult to get one of these guys, you know, people, someone like myself to to go on camera and admit what they did, like yeah. I noticed they didn't have anyone to do that. So when I got out, a friend of mine contacted them and they said, hey, we'd love to to have you, you know, come in and, and talk with us and help us kind of spread the the message. Yeah. And as far as what home title lock service does, it's someone like myself's worst nightmare. Okay. Because what happens is if I go to transfer the warranty deed or, or I'm sorry, the deed on your house, yeah. there are various types of deeds. So the deed on your house, let's say I try and quit claim deed the property to someone else or I try and transfer uh, whatever the case may be. I try and basically steal your title. Uh-huh. If you have home title lock, they notify you immediately and say, hey, did you just transfer the deed to your house to John Doe? Uh-huh. Of course, you say no. And then they immediately, they can notify the authorities. They can contact public records. They can, they can start going through the process that is required to fix this. And for someone like me, gotcha. they grab me in the middle of the crime. That's the worst possible. Oh, yeah. If I'm in the middle of the crime, yeah. that's when you can catch me. You can't catch me when I'm gone. Oh, no. <laughs> wow, that is fascinating. That is really, really fascinating. You also have Home Title Lock will spend up to a million dollars on lawyers to rectify the situation, to try and fix the situation. Really cool. So you don't have to come out of pocket to go hire an attorney for ten dollars or $15,000. They will take care of that. They will spend as much as they need to to fix the situation. All right, cool. Matthew, thanks for the time today. I greatly appreciate it, buddy. Sure, thank you. All right, see you, bud. I will do my very best every day to bring a uh, comprehensive look at the events and occasionally uh, make it funny when I can. When it merits it. I I don't think this spending bill is very funny. I don't think uh, General Milley and the pullout in Afghanistan is funny. There's nothing funny about it. We're being played in every way, shape, or form. I don't know if you know this, but uh, Representative Ken Calvert of California said that national security officials have confirmed to him reports that the terrorists who killed 13 U.S. service members and others in Afghanistan last month, they were released from a Bagram prison shortly before the attack. 
U.S. national security officials now confirm to me that reports that the August 26th Kabul bomber was a known ISIS-K terrorist that was previously detained at the Bagram prison and was released along with thousands of others just days before the deadly attack. Of course, the Biden administration and General Milley said that they uh, had a righteous strike to take out the person who did this. They originally said they were two terrorists, uh, as they are known to do, probably with an RPG on their shoulder, riding on a moped, and they blew them to smithereens. And then we found out, no, actually, it was just a family of 10 people and seven of them were children. So this person is still on the loose. This person was released from prison. The people who were in charge of the takeover of Kabul are, were all in Guantanamo Bay and trade for a, traded for a traitor, Bo Bergdahl. And this is the latest indignity. This is the latest indignity suffered on our troops, both living and departed, and our gold families who served. Also, did you realize that uh, the Afghan Central Bank was drained of millions and millions, hundreds of millions of dollars in the weeks before the Taliban took control of the country, and yet General Milley and uh, Lloyd Austin and uh, the Biden administration had no idea that the country was going to collapse. No clue whatsoever, but it's just amazing. People weeks before the country fell at the central bank, they, uh, they noticed that everybody was pulling their money out. That's pretty crazy. The former uh, president, uh, Ashraf Ghani, reportedly fled the country with four cars and a helicopter full of cash. He knew it was going to fall. Uh, everybody taking money out of the central bank knew it was going to fall, but uh, General Milley had no freaking clue. Keep fighting. That's all I got to say. Keep fighting. Thank you for joining me today, guys. Please share this uh, podcast with other people. Just go to NewsmaxTV.com slash podcast for all of the digital platforms where it is available. If you would, please um, share that with other folks. Also, uh, this weekend, my TV show is on Donald Trump thinks I'm the funniest person on television, although it's really hard to be funny lately. <laughs> it really is. God bless our first responders. God bless our military veterans and departed. God bless our first responders. God bless you. Yeah, you too. You too. And until tomorrow, don't catch the stupid. Thanks for listening to the Newsmax Daily with Rob Carson. Check your cable guide or NewsmaxTV.com. Or watch free on YouTube, Roku, Apple, Pluto, Zumo, Amazon Fire, and your smart TV. Newsmax, America's fastest growing cable news channel. Check NewsmaxTV.com for details.